Hallelujah. Are we ready? Get some. It's hot. I am African, so you need to talk to me. If you don't talk to me, I will not speak to you. And that's going to be really awkward. Amen. <laughs> I want you to shout if you feel like it. You can jump if you want. You can clap if you want. It's all free. And you're allowed to do that in this house. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let me take a moment to honor the, uh, uh, the leaders of this house. I want to honor Pastor Brent and Pastor Sharon, uh, Pastor Kevin and Donna, and Joan and Lorna as well. And uh, as they're not here today. And, uh, and so many people are away on holidays away. So we just pray for them. So Father, we thank you today for your presence with us. Father, we thank you that you're here this morning, God. We thank you for your word today, God, that changes lives, God. We thank you that, Father, this morning, that, Father, you'd come by your Holy Spirit. You'd minister to us, oh God. Father, that you'd come by your Holy Spirit and touch the deepest parts of our hearts, oh God. So we bless you today. We bless our families that are away on holidays, God, that are traveling in different parts of the world. We bless them today with your favor. We bless them today, Father, with your protection. That, Father, your hand of protection will be upon them today. We thank you in Jesus' name. So we bless this day and we love you, God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to read from Genesis 41, starting from number one. Then it came to pass at the end of the two four years that Pharaoh had a dream. And behold, he stood by the river, and suddenly there came up out of the river seven cows, fine-looking, fat, and they fed in the middle. Then behold, seven other cows came up, and they were tiny, and they were ugly, and they stood by the other cows on the bank of the river. And the ugly and thin cows ate the fat cows. Now it came to pass in the morning that this was, that, uh, that, that his spirit was troubled, Pharaoh's spirit was troubled, and he sent and called all, all of the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men, and Pharaoh told them this dream, but there was no one who could interpret for them for Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh sent, 14, then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon, and he, uh, and he shaved and changed his clothing. He came to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, I've had a dream, and there's no one who can interpret it, but I've heard, I've heard it say that you, I've heard it said of you that you can understand a dream to interpret and in 32 it says, and the dream was repeated to Pharaoh twice, 
because a thing is being established by God and God will shortly bring it to pass. And therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land uh, and to collect one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in seven plentiful years. And, and, and let them gather all the food of those good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh and let them keep the food in the cities. So the advice, 37, so the advice was good in the, in, in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such one as this, a man who is in the spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there's, there's no one as discerning and as wise as you. You shall be over my house. And all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. So Joseph, Joseph was a man who had gone through some, some, some stuff in life. And his experience helped him learn how to balance life. So much so that he didn't allow everything that was about, everything to become about him. But Joseph learned how to live his life and completely trust God. When he was in the pit, his faith was in God. When he was in prison, his faith was in God. When he was sold, by his brothers, his faith was in God. When they took away his coat, the colorful coat, his faith was in God. It didn't matter what came against him. It didn't matter what was thrown at him. He had learned to balance himself. He had learned to take balance and realize that you can shoot as much as you want and you can say what you want to say. But my balance, I, but in balance I find myself established and trusting the word of the living God. And so he went through some stuff. We have gone through some stuff. I have gone through some stuff. I've been in places that if I shared with you and I've shared with many people and they look at me and they say, no, that can't be you. But that's what God is able to, to do for you when you learn to balance your life. When your life becomes about him and him alone. And when you stop worshiping me. And you put your trust The only God. There is no God like him. The only God. There is no God like him. The only God that can make a way for you. The only God that we can put our faith in. The only God that we can hope in. The only God that can make a way where there is no way. The only God. The only God. The only God. The God. 
Joseph understood how to trust God completely. And Joseph trusted God with the process. He allowed himself to go through the process. And as he went through the process, he stayed still in the presence of God. And as he went through the process of being treaded away by his brothers, his faith never wavered in God. And as he went through the process of being accused falsely by Potiphar, his faith in God never wavered. And when he was thrown in the pit, he was never wavered in his faith. And when he was in the prison, he was never shaken because he understood that his God was sufficient. The grace of God in his life was sufficient for him. He understood, if God can put me here, surely God can take me out. So he learned to live in his testimony. I need you to talk to me. I can't preach if you don't talk to me. I need you to talk to me. Shouting is free. Shout. You are alive today. Shout. He's done something for you. Shout. He has delivered you. Shout. He has healed you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is the God that was served. That is the God who woke you up this morning and brought you here. You're not here by chance. Only God can bring you to a place like this, windward. And only God can change your life forever because you showed up this morning. I came to get changed. I didn't come here to walk out the same way I came in. No, that would be a waste of my time. I came to get changed. I came for a touch from heaven. I came, I came, I came. When God speaks, he always confirms his word. <coughs> the word of God concerning your life will never come back void. When God speaks concerning the dreams that he has given you, those dreams must come to fruition. When God speaks concerning your children that are not saved and you, and, 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 you, and, and you plead with him and your family members and you plead with heaven, God will bring restoration. No devil in hell can stop God. His desire has always been that we will all be saved. His desire has been for your children to know him and to serve him and to run after him. When God speaks in heaven concerning you, the sound of heaven is released and comes here and says, let it be done. On earth as it is in heaven, before you are formed in your mother's womb, heaven coming down. Before you are formed, God releases the word from heaven and the word echoes in the earth. I was with you before you were formed. I appointed you before you were formed in your mother's womb. I set you apart before you were formed. I 
When God says, you are the first, you will never be beneath. He speaks from heaven and his word concerning you is that God says you are the first. You will never be beneath. That God himself is able to bring you into the house of the kings and kings and God. When God brings you there, he announces you from heaven. And when God announces you from heaven, it is established on earth. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. As it is in heaven. So when we go through tough times. And we go through sickness. And we go through affliction. And our father in heaven says. You shall not live. But you shall, you shall not die. But live. The word of God from heaven comes. And every cancer cell in your body is destroyed in the name of Jesus. Every affliction is canceled in the name of Jesus. Depression, gone in Jesus' name. Loss of esteem, gone in Jesus' name. Because his word concerning you is true. So the Bible says So the Bible gives the dream to Pharaoh the dream has to do with the fat cows and the skinny cows and the fat cows are very handsomely put maybe the African I don't know and the fat cows they eat the skinny cows. That's just messed up. Cows don't eat cows. Cows only eat grass and leaves. Cows are vegetarian. But the cows, they eat cows. The cows, they eat cows. I don't know. What do you do with a dream like that? You go to bed, you dream, and you get up. It was just a dream. You go to bed again, you dream again. That's just messed up. When you dream that a second time, you know God is trying to say something to you. Because cows don't eat cows. When you dream cows are eating cows, you pay attention. Right? And you go find Pastor Brent and Sharon and tell them, I dreamt three times, maybe four times, cows are eating cows. I don't get it. Help me, man of God. I'm going to preach. Don't worry. I will preach. So this dream is about everything that's happening with the cows. 
eating cows. That is the situation. But the strategy to solve the dream is not even in the dream. How many are farmers? <laughs> Michael, what if you, you woke up in the morning and your cows are eating cows? <laughs> Something's up, that's right. Something's up. Something is up. Something is up. So, there's something about the life of Joseph and his ability to not live for himself. His ability to be able to take on other people's stuff even when they didn't have to take on that stuff. That is really important for us today and for where God is taking us. That, even, that if your service to God only involves coming here and sitting here and hearing a good word and going home and doing nothing, you're not even in the story. Just go home. That story is not about you. Right? And the, if the only thing you can give to God is only according to how convenient it makes your life, you're not in the story. And that if opening up your home is so hard for you to have family gather around the table because that's where real change happens, because you're afraid that your furniture is going to get broken, your house will be messed up, you're not in the story either. But if your idea of serving God is stepping out in church and you're after this, but when Samantha calls her work be, you find every excuse not to wake up on a Saturday morning. You're not even in the story. This story is not about you. This is about real people who want a relationship with a real God. And who are living for heaven. Who have been called for such a time as this. And who understand that everything they do will affect generations to come. You are not called to make a living. You are called to make a difference. This is my family. And I'm going to push you hard. Because this is our family. And I'm going to push you hard. Because these are our people. And I'm going to push you hard. Because these are my daughters and my sons and my grandparents and my fathers and mothers. Our senior leader, the man of God in this house, I've, I've, I've sat here and had him tell the story of what he went through. And when he was in the low places in the valleys, that his faith in God never wavered. Pastor Brent Bothwick. And that when he was on the mountaintop, he went after God even harder. That when he's in a ship, 
And there's a wind that's coming in the ocean and there are waves and he doesn't know if they're going to make it out alive. That his faith in God never wavered. That the sound from heaven concerning his life and the ministry that God had called him to establish here on earth to change generations. He stood upon that word and he said, but God, you gave me a word. I cannot afford to die on the sea. God, you spoke to me and he stood farm and you are here today and I am here today because he said yes to the call don't you ever take it for granted that somebody else years and years ago spent time on their knees praying for you interceding for you you may never meet them until you see God face to face but they were there and you're here today because somebody paid the price And, and Justin was talking about the young people of this house. God's not just doing things with the young people. They're in this house. So God is doing something in this house. Right? God is doing something in this house. Amen? Yeah. You are in the story too. Because you are in this house. You are in that story. But how many of you can step out of yourselves and say, because I'm in that story, come to my home and fellowship with me. You say you want to mentor the young people. But I'm going to challenge you to walk it out. They're waiting for you. If you invite them, they'll come. You can't mentor anybody without relationship. Is that too hard? You're really quiet. I'm going to preach happy now. <laughs> so this dream comes. This dream comes. And... Uh, and Pharaoh, he looks all over Egypt. He, call, he calls every magician he knows, every smart dude that he knows in Egypt. He goes from coast to coast, from the east to the west, the south to the north, looking for somebody that can help him figure out why the, cow, why, why the fat cows are eating the thin cows. And he can't find anybody. He has exhausted every resource. He has called on all his friends in high places. He has called on all his friends, acquaintances, everywhere he knew, trying to find somebody. But there's no one. And so now, he has to go to prison. Because there was nobody in the land of Egypt no, not one that had the capacity, 
the ability and the wisdom to help Pharaoh. And so the butler says to him, you know the story, there's a Hebrew boy, he helped me a few years ago, I forgot about him, he's in prison, maybe he can help you. And there was no way, there's no way that Joseph was going to be let, let out, of, out of prison, except for his gift. The only way, the only reason why Pharaoh considered sending someone to the prison to get Joseph out was because of Joseph's gifting. And sometimes I feel in our lives that God has given you some stuff. God has given you some gifts. And you are so stuck because your God has become you. And you are so stuck, you've never been able to step out of the prison to be able to serve the way God has called you to serve. And the answer... The answer for you, the answer for your situation today is for you to step out of your comfort zone and serve your neighbor. Your gift sometimes will get you out of the mess. But you have to be willing to co-labor with heaven. Because it's not by might. And it was never by power. Not by might. And that's why we co-labor with heaven. It was always about him. It must always be about him. When you wake up in the morning, it's him. When you go to bed in the evening, it's him. Nothing in between. It was always about him and him alone. You get out of your mess by declaring when you get out of bed and remove yourself out of the mess and say, today I'm going to call David Spring and I'm going to take him out for coffee. And I know he married some British woman, but I like British people. I don't know anything about David. But I'm going out with him for coffee. When salvation is free, everything else is costly. I'm going to preach in about five minutes. The reason why we stay in our prison cells and we battle, I'm not good enough, and we battle with self-esteem and self-pity, and we battle with depression, and we battle, and we battle, and we battle, and there's no end in sight, and my car has been taken away, and I'm, I lost my job, and life is a struggle. 
It's because you have forgotten to put your focus on the only God. And your focus has become your struggle. So you have become the struggle. And you have believed that the struggle is God's normal. Your struggle, your mess is not the normal from heaven. The devil knows if he can get you to stay in discouragement and he knows if he can get you to stay in self-pity, you will never rise up to the occasion and walk out the vision that God has for you and walk out the destiny that he had for you from the beginning of time, echoes from heaven before you were formed in your mother's womb. That he knew you and he called you for such a time as this. So they come and Joseph is summoned. And Joseph, he prepares himself. He prepares himself. He goes and finds himself... The best pair of jeans you can find, made in America. (laughs) And he finds himself a really nice top, made in Canada. Nice one, Chris, really nice. (laughs) And then he shaves. He shaves and he spends time preparing himself. Because... You cannot wear prison attire. You cannot wear your prison clothing. You cannot wear those blue or green stuff palace opportunities and so he prepares himself and I feel like some of us we have lived in a season of preparation but a time has come and a time is upon us that the shift has happened that God is taking you to a new level He will choose, if you will choose to call ever with heaven and put your trust in God, he will take you to the new level. Your breakthrough is here and today. Your miracle was here and today. That what God has established for you and purposed concerning you from the beginning of time, today is your day. You don't have to live the same way you came. You can walk upright because you know my God is for me. And if my God is for me, and who can be against me? He is for you. He has always been for you. That has never changed. You just delayed him. Because you weren't ready to partner with heaven. Because it was going to cost you something. The season for this young man, all the years he has spent being mistreated, being thrown in the prison, 
in the pit. All of it was for this one moment. This was preparation for what God, from the beginning of time, spoke concerning him before you were formed. So, God, because he's God, he gives a dream concerning a nation to a heathen. But it's going to take you to carry out the dream. The dream was given to Pharaoh and Pharaoh does not worship God. The situation was given to Pharaoh, but the answer was given to you. Because you carry heaven with you. Because you are from heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, you are from heaven. You arrive here straight from the throne room. Ready to change generations. You are allowed to arrive here straight from heaven with a call of God on your life. That has never changed. You are from heaven. What will happen if a generation will live with the understanding that we are from heaven? What will happen? Joseph got this understanding. One man God, this understanding, we are talking about him today because one man, God, this understanding, he changed generations. What will happen if a whole generation, you and I, will get this generation today? That you are from heaven when you turn around to your left and to your right. And realize that you both just arrived from heaven. Everything changes. In terms of how you see them. And how you view them. And what you think about them. What will happen. If a generation. What will happen if you are. Your generation. Will live from this understanding. And walk with understanding. And speak with understanding. And pray with understanding. And go on the street on a Wednesday night to do evangelism with understanding. And do your families every day at home around the kitchen table with understanding. That's your renting space here. You're from heaven. What will happen? What will happen to our city? What will happen to all the grove? We want to see city transformation. Walk in understanding of who God says you are. Where you came from and the call on his life for you. Walk in understanding. Walk in understanding that he knows the thoughts that he thinks towards you. Good thoughts. The thoughts to prosper you. 
give you hope and a future and an expected end. And I don't know what your end is, but I know that my beginning is not my ending. And today, you can be different. Today, you can be changed. Today, a shift can happen for you. Today, a new level can arrive for you in your life. Today, you can walk and you can dance and you can live in the presence of God because you understand He's normal for you. You can shout, shout, shout. Shouting is free. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This was Pharaoh's dream. And this wasn't Joseph's dream. And why would Joseph care? It wasn't even his dream. Why would he care? Why would he care about a dream that a man who put him in prison has had? Why would he care? They're not even his people. If he was going to care, he was going to care about his homeland, where his people were, where his family was. But why would he care about somebody else's dream? Why? Why? Why would Joseph care? Why would he care to get up, prepare himself? Why would he care to put him the, to put on to take off the prison attire and to put on his best outfit? Why would he care? Why would he care? They're not even his people. Why would he care? He is in prison and all he wants is to get out. Why would he care about somebody else's concerns? Because selfish dreams will never change your life. When you live for yourself, you'll stay where you are. When everything about you becomes about you, you will never go to the next level. Selfish dreams will never change generations. Selfish dreams won't change your city. Why would you care? That is why you care. You should care about the person sitting next to you because you're family. You should care so much that you'll be in their face knowing about their business and how can I pray for you and how was your week and how are you doing today? No one deserves to walk into this church and walk out feeling alone. No, no, no. That is not our culture. That is why you care about somebody else's mess. That is why you care about somebody else's business. We are going to the new level as a church. It's going to take you and it's going to take me. Being intentional, cultivating relationships, and being intentional, walking out of our comfort zone so we can care. It's impossible to care in your lazy boy. With your TV in front of you and Netflix on. And all the while, your brother and your sister in the Lord, I'm not even talking about the world, the, the world, in the Lord has nothing to eat. They're home alone, crying alone, single fathers and single mothers, raising their children alone because your life has only become about you. Selfish dreams will never change your life.
And this is why some of us have stayed in the same place for a long time. Day in, day out. It's the same struggle. You get out on one day, and next day you're back in. So deep, you don't even know how to get out again. When did your life become about you? When did your life become so much about you that you forgot the power that comes from the all-sufficient God? When did your life become so much about you that you forgot God created you to live and function in family, in community? If your excuse is, I am too busy doing everything else that concerns me so I can have and live my American dream. That everything I do is about me. That when I come to church, it's about me. If that has become your focus and you're too busy, you're too busy cultivating an environment that's only about you, you have completely missed it. And as long as you respond to things in your life Only when it makes you feel good and it's convenient for you, you will continue to stay in the pit. This really is not difficult. It's not really that hard. If you care about somebody else's mess, God will bring you through. One day a woman came into my house and she said, we are, we are going through struggles. We had, we had, we had family members we, who believed everything we did took away our time with our boys, our sons and daughters, and that quit taking care of other people's you know, uh, children and focus on your own children, because if you don't do that, your kids will get messed up. Well, that's just messed up to begin with, because <laughs> I'm from heaven. <laughs> no kid of mine's gonna get messed up. No way. Not under my watch. No way. No way. I will pray him in because I know a generational, generational God who has been faithful and stays faithful today. From generation to generation, he has never wavered. His plans concerning my sons and daughters and your sons and daughters have never been altered. He is the same God. If you will trust him with your children, God will set your children ablaze. God will come through for you. So this woman came to my house and said, Wallace, don't worry about it. I know they're saying stuff about you. I got something to tell you. Because you have agreed to take care of somebody else's mess, God's going to take care of your children too. 
Ladies and gentlemen, from generation to generation. On the mountaintop, in the valleys, and in between, generation after generation, I have found my God to be faithful. I can stand on him, and I can count on him. He is my hope, and he is my anchor. He's the one I run to. He's the one I look to. Joseph had this incredible capacity because he understood where he came from and he understood who he was to care about things that had nothing to do with his life, that didn't even pertain to him. He cared for them. And I believe that God is shifting and God is bringing some of us your whole life, I said before, has been geared up and prepared for such a time as this. That this would be your moment when you'll see the biggest release of God in your life that you've ever seen before. When you'll see the dreams that have gone dormant for years and years and years begin to come to pass in the name of Jesus. When you see the breakthrough of God in your life on a new level. When you see sickness broken out of your life but for the last time. When you see depression eradicated and rest in your life. Not just in your life but for generations to come. For generations to come. Because if you make a switch today you affect generations. Living for me only lives for you. But when we live with a mandate from heaven, you affect generations. So he is summoned. And now he stands before Pharaoh. The courtroom is silent. Not a single pin drop can be heard. It is quiet. This is the moment. If he gets it wrong, he could die. There's pressure on this young man. Incredible pressure to get it right. This was the moment that he had to get it right. So he stands before Pharaoh. And he is trembling. Because this is a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big moment. Everything concerning him is right here on this moment. And Joseph interpreted the dream and he got it right. Because Joseph was able to take all the skills that he learned in the pit and he took the skills that he learned on the mountaintop. And he took the skills that he had learned in Potiphar's house. And he took all the skills and he came to this one moment because God had been preparing him for this moment. And he didn't come saying, thus saith the Lord. He came saying, this is what I can offer you. Let's have conversation. 
when you show up and you say, thus saith the Lord, you're living for yourself. Because you don't get opportunity for anybody else to pray with you. So he comes, this is one moment. And he came to this place as a prisoner. But he's making a decision with his own free will. He chose to make the decision. He chose to interpret the dreams. He chose to align himself with heaven and say, God, what are you saying concerning this? What would happen if Joseph came and said, I know it all. I've heard from heaven. This is what God says. Get lost. This was a defining moment because he said yes to God. And this was a defining moment because he invested himself fully in God. And this was a defining moment for him. And I feel like today that you've lived your life about you long enough, but it was never about you. What about your children and your children's children? And what about your neighbors? And what about your city? What about your city? What about your grandparents? What about your country? You are never called to live for your own. You are never called to live for yourself. God is bringing in this moment, in this age, the young and the old, we come together. We come together in the presence of God. The young and the old and the in-between. We collide in the presence of God. And we partner with heaven. Aligned with his will concerning our lives and our generation. We were born for such a time as this. You were born for such a time as this. You are the one. You are the one. You are the one who's going to shift generations. You are the one that God has given a mantle concerning those that will come before you. You are the one that's going to cancel and eliminate date. And you are the one that will cancel depression out of your line. And you are the one that God has called. You are the one. Destiny, 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 destiny is about affecting generations. Destiny is about affecting generation. I'm so glad, I am so glad that one day our senior pastor, the pastor of this house, he said yes to the Lord. And because he said yes to the God Lord and he, and he walked in the calling that God had for him on the mountaintop and in the valleys, he was able to create this environment where you and I can say yes to God. I'm so glad 
that in an African village long long time ago that my father sat in the village with the elders all around him and he said yes to God and because he said yes to God I said yes to God destiny affects generations and I am so glad that I said yes to God he gave my sons and daughters opportunity to say yes to God and I am so glad that Abraham, he said yes to God. Because I said yes to God. And I'm glad that David, he said yes to God. Because I said yes to God. And I'm glad the man from Galilee, as he hung on the tree, he said yes. And he gave it all for you. Generation upon generation, as far back as you can see, this anthem still sings and this anthem still sounds loud and clear. The destiny affects generations and he's a generational God, always faithful, never failing. You have a moment, this opportunity this morning for you to say yes because God said yes on your behalf there's provision for you this morning you don't have to go back home in the same mess you came back in you can learn to serve that's how you pick up your neighbor's mess you serve them and you serve and you serve and when Samantha sends out an email you show up and you serve and watch what God's going to do in your life because I say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I say yes, Lord, yes. Jamie. That's right. One more time, sing it. Yes, I will trust you and obey when your spirit speaks to me. With my whole heart, I'll agree. And my answer will be yes. Oh, yeah. So sometimes, listen, listen, woman, one minute, one minute. They came and he went through all this and they took away everything. He was in the pit, he was in the prison, he was in the low place, he was depressed, and he was all hell broke, broke all, all hell broke loose around him. But he never wavered. I'm talking about Joseph. They took away, they took away, they stripped him of his coat, his favorite coat, the colorful coat. They took it away and they took it away from him and they couldn't take away his Ebenezer. Because when he was in the pit, he reminded himself, God, I remember when you were there for me. And I remember how you rescued me. And I remember how you walked with me. And I remember what you've done for me. And I remember how you saved my family. And he went back 
and he reminded God you always have your testimony you have your Ebenezer nobody can take that away from you that is your weapon you can take it to the bank and say God you saved stand in the presence of God this is what we're going to do we are family I just want circles created all over the place you're going to minister one to one another this morning whenever you're at find two or three people gather around and begin to receive the word of God concerning your life today. That his word is sure. And his promise is sure. And his mandate and call for your life has never changed. And his love for you is forever and forever.